Bags down, spikes on. Welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman, and I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News presented by Track Barn. And today we are joined by a very special guest. He is one of the top coaches in the entire country right now. Just finished up indoors where the, his team just finished second with, uh, for the national championship. Head coach of North Carolina A&T, Coach Dwayne Ross. Coach, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Colin. I appreciate being on, man. Thanks for the invite. Of course, of course. And so it's interesting. We probably we might have even ran into each other at one point because you've been coaching there for a little while. And last time I was at North Carolina A&T was for, for Junior Olympics. I, I actually remember the year that I was there. So that was 2014 or something. No, 2014. Yeah, 2014. It was mm -hmm. uh, the rain was coming on in. We could see the clouds yeah, uh, yeah. just coming in. So probably probably ran into each other maybe once or twice. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we have. You know, track and field is a, is a very, very small family. So I'm, I'm sure we have. Of course. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You'll always see, oh, man, how do I have connections to this guy or that guy? It's yeah. everything's everything's so connected for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and so before we get into all of the great stuff that's going on with the North Carolina A&T and, and the group that you're coaching there, I wanted to start with where track and field really got started for you. I mean, what was it that got you interested in, in track and field and, and running in the first place? Yeah, um, that's, that's always an interesting story. I get that question a lot um, uh, because, you know, growing up in Dallas, North Carolina, you know, everyone played football. Uh, so I, I played football from the uh, from a very young age, that's what we were taught to do. That was that was a sport. Uh, so I really didn't get into track and field until high school. Um, and then I was coming in uh, to do track because of uh, an injury somewhat. So, you know, back when we were growing up, you did every sport. You know, if it was basketball season, that's what you did. If it was football season, that's what you did. Uh, so after football season, uh, you know, I, I tried to, to join the basketball team and, uh, you know, just to pick up game and uh, sprained my ankle and, um, you know, and, and one of the football coaches, he was um, was actually the track coach. He said, hey, you know, you're going to come out here for track and you're going to get healthy and you're going to run. Uh, and it started from there. My first event uh, was the track, was the uh, shot put. Uh, so I, I was a, I was a very good shot putter uh, when I started throwing. Um, and then I just kind of um, and then obviously what else drives men at that age, young men at that age is, you know, young girls. So uh, at, a, at a competition after throwing shot, uh, I noticed that all the girls were screaming for the guys running on the track. So I said to, uh, I said to my coach, hey man, I, I need a running event. And uh, the only event left was the hurdles. So he put me in the hurdles and, and, uh, and, and here I am. So that, that is the story of how I got into track and field, more specifically the hurdles. There you go. It, it's funny to think that if the, the running event that they had was like, hey, it's it's the fifteen hundred. <laughs> might be a miler now or something. I don't know about that. I think I had a little bit more sense, yeah. even even at seventeen, you know, sixteen, seventeen, to to think twice about the fifteen hundred. But yeah, that's uh, that's how it happened. Um, yeah, coach was like, "Hey man, jump in the hurdles." And um, you know, one of my teammates uh, was um, uh, was a good hurdler, guy named Chad Owens. Uh, he was a lifelong friend, knew him from kindergarten on up. He you know went over there with him and. Uh, he kind of just, you know, walked me through the hurdles and I got better at it. There you go. 
There you go. Yeah. And and you you had a little bit of a, a later start too. Like, I mean, like you said, you're you've been a, a fo- you're a football guy and and nowadays mm-hmm. you're you're seeing kids starting running track at you know five, six years old yeah. through AAU, but you're getting yeah. started, you know, halfway done your your high school year. I mean, look looking mm-hmm. back, how do you think that maybe, you know, for the good or for the bad, you know, impacted, you know, your your feelings in, in track and field? Yeah, you know, I, I have I have no idea. Um, I, yeah, I have no idea. But yeah, it, it was late. I'm gonna tell you, I know I knew nothing about track and field as, as a young kid. Uh, I grew up in the country. It, it was football, basketball. And, you know, you, you saw some baseball here and there, but uh, no idea that youth track even existed uh, growing up. Uh, so, you know, no idea how it could have turned out. But hey, you know, maybe maybe it helped, uh, you know, just doing all these other sports and uh, being new to it, uh, it happened pretty quickly when I jumped in. I won states uh, my junior year uh, when I went out there and, uh, and and just got better from that. But yeah, that is a uh, that is a, a very unique story, man. I am fortunate to have had some some great coaches uh, in my life who saw something good in me and uh, continued to push. Uh, I mean, all throughout middle school, little league, just some great people around me that just you know saw something good. Yeah. And, and so then when did you realize like, oh yeah, like, like you just mentioned, oh, I actually have some talent in this. This isn't just something I'm going to, you know, <laughs> do because I'm getting ready for other sports. Like I can actually make, uh, go to college for this or potentially even make a career. Like when, when did that moment kind of happen for you? I, I still remember this moment. I was, uh, I, I got to school one morning and I, I saw my coach, you know, he was, you know, the assistant football coach. He's also the track coach. And, uh, and this was my senior year. And he, uh, he says, hey, I, you know, come here, I got something for you. So I walked with him to his office and he pulled out a letter. First letter I ever received, right, was from UNC Chapel Hill, right? Uh, and Charles Foster, you know, who's former world record holder in the hurdles. I mean, the man was a legend. Um, he was the, the hurdles and, and sprint coach uh, there at Chapel Hill. Uh, so that was the first letter I got. And when I got that letter, I still remember it was a brown envelope with blue, a blue label, you know, address label. And uh, I was like, wow, I guess I, I guess I can do something in track and field. Uh, so that's when it, it kind of dawned on me that, hey, you know what? You may be able to have a future in this. But listen, I, I'm still trying to play football, right? I mean, even though I'm getting that letter, I'm, I'm, I'm still thinking, hey, I'm going to be the next NFL great. So um, it, 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 t- it still took a little while for me to just say, okay, track and field is the way to go. Yeah, it might have been until you you signed that uh, that and, first you know, uh, thing. Yeah, it's like, yep. man, do they or do they have a spot open at wide receiver or something like me oh, on the football team too? Can I do something yeah. else? Yeah, I was I was that guy. I, I was I was that guy. You know, at a young age when you grow up in a football town, mm-hmm. you know, you're taught that that's what you're supposed to do. So uh, that's that's what I thought I was supposed to do. So it, it literally took up to my freshman year in college when I, I ended up going to Clemson best choice I ever made uh, end up going to Clemson and even then my freshman year I'm thinking hey I can do this I can do both um, but hey I, I no regrets about the decisions uh, I made to go to Clemson and decide on track and field yeah and and while you're at Clemson you definitely had a, a lot of great success uh, ended up being you know national championship national champion there mm-hmm. I mean could you kind of touch on you know that that experience that you had and being able to you know win at one of the highest levels, you know, very, only a very small handful of people can say they're a national champion. And then, you know, even later on after that, you know, being a, an Olympian as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, 
that team was so competitive. If you were not trying to win the national championship, then, then you didn't belong there. I mean, we had, uh, you know, the likes of James Trapp, Michael Green, Larry Ryans, Anthony Knight. I mean, that list goes on and on. Uh, I mean, we were just a competitive team. Uh, and our coaches did an excellent job of keeping us, uh, you know, very close. We were a tight-knit family. Uh, so, it, I mean, it was, it was bound to happen. I mean, the expectation there was so high. Our coach at the time, our head coach, Bob Pollock, um, you know, just loved the man to death. Uh, he's uh, in the USTF CCC Coaches Hall of Fame, uh, just a great man. He did an excellent job of, of putting us together, putting these athletes together and teaching us, you know, how to become men. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's the, that was the expectation. You had to win a national championship. Wesley Russell uh, won a national championship in the 400. James Trapp in the 200. Michael Green in the 60 and the 100. I mean, somebody had to come by and do it in the hurdles. Uh, but those guys took me under their wing when I got there and, uh, and taught me a lot. And I'm still indebted to those guys. I mean, just a great experience. If I could do it all over again, I would do the exact same thing again. I would go to Clemson under the same coaches with the same friends and, and enjoy that experience all over. Yeah, that, that's something that when I look back at my college experience, I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was like the people that I was around, the, the coaches that I had and and the, the experience that, that I got was just, was just great. It's like, yeah, of course, you always want to run faster, jump higher, throw farther. Mm -hmm. Of course, who, who doesn't? If you're, if, you're not, if you're an athlete, you always are always like, if I could have done this a little different. But yeah, that's know, right. It, it, mm -hmm. When you look back at it, it was like, man, like still great experience. And I'm sure that's something that you're hoping you can create, you know, with the, your kids, you know, each day as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what I do. I've, I've modeled a lot of, of, you know, what I do uh, with our student athletes, you know, how I lead. After my past coaches, you know, I've been fortunate to have some great coaches in the past uh, and I took something from each of them. So I, I try to give them the best experience I can because I had a great experience. Now, it was tough. Make no, make no mistake about it. Winning championships are not easy. They're not meant to be. Uh, and it was it was tough. And, uh, and that's the same type of program that we have here. You know, the expectation is high and you have to earn everything you get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so now I think you're going into your, your 10th year here now, uh, or this is your 10th yeah. year in North Carolina. Too? This is your 10, man. It came and went so fast. And so before, before you were at North Carolina T though, you, you've, you've, you coached before and it's a, it's a long, while everyone might think, Oh yeah. From athlete to coach, like, yeah, you can be a track athlete and then, you know, you're, you're head coach. Like it's, it's just, just like that, but that's mm -hmm. not the case. It's a, it's, it's a grind to kind of build, to get to where you are. I mean, what, what got you interested in, in coaching and, and realizing that, you know, you want to help the next generation of athletes be better? Yeah. So, uh, so after I ran, I ran professionally, obviously, and uh, I, I did that for some years. Uh, once I retired, I actually was in the finance industry. I was a in, um, licensed investment advisor. And I loved it. Um, yeah, I went into the finance industry and I was doing that and um, putting on a suit every day. Uh, but hey, I, I, you know, that urge was still in me to do something track related. Uh, so I wanted to coach. I wanted to get out there and instill in some of these, these kids uh, what I've, you know, learned over the years. So I took a position at Methodist University, Division Three school in Fayetteville, North Carolina. You know, and, and my intent was, you know, not to um, coach and, you know, and, and try to be, you know, this, this big Division One coach uh, one day and um, win all these national championships. My intent was really to just enjoy doing uh, what I had a passion for. And, uh, and that, that was being involved in track and field somehow. So that, I'm gonna tell you, that coaching at that level prepared me for what 
I do now. You know, you know, I tell coaches, anyone who will listen, when we talk about, you know, where I came from and coaching, where I started, I'll tell all of them, Division Three teaches you a lot. I loved every minute of it. I, I got to a point, I think my fourth or fifth year at Methodist, where I was saying, hey, man, I can, I can see myself here for the rest of my career. You know, student athletes coming in, not on scholarship, right? They want to earn it. They're there because they want to be there. Right. There's no no exchange, no give and take. They want to be there. They want to get they want to get better. Um, you know, I loved every minute of it, you know, going out recruiting, right, finding someone who has the passion for it, but then telling them and selling them on the fact that, hey, you're going to get a great education here. Right. But you're also going to develop and learn so much about this sport. I mean, that that created, you know, that created an environment um, down at Methodist University. I mean, it, when I took over that program, we had. I think seven athletes. I think I had five guys and two women. And, and I still remember my first conversation with my athletic director at the time. He's like, hey, we just want you to build a program, right? And, and, and that was okay, but that was not okay with me. You know, hey, the expectation, we wanna, we wanna be good. If we wanna do it, we wanna do it. Uh, so yeah, I was there five years and nine national champions later. And uh, we finished third at the NCAA championships once. We finished fourth twice, I believe. Uh, won the conference championship uh, a few times down there. The program had never won conference. So I, I was very pleased with what uh, we were able to create uh, down at Methodist. So yeah, that, that was my start, man. I, I loved it. Um, the Division three is, is great. Yeah. Wow. To think that in five years, so there's some student athletes that, you know, I mean, with COVID now, we got some people that are six, even seven years seniors, but, but to go from, to bring yeah. a program from five people to having national champions and finishing top of the nation and just a short five-year turnaround. I mean, that, that's, that's very incredible to be, to be able to do that in, in division three, where, you know, your resources may not be as plentiful as it is at the, you know, the larger, you know, the larger mm -hmm. area. I mean, I'm yeah. sure, you know, that's going to help you be like, all right, if I can do that, if I can do that there. I can do that anywhere. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and that was that was always my mindset. When it got time to uh, progress and leave, that was my mindset. You know, I, I heard a lot of people. Uh, I had people, you know, telling me, "Hey, you know, you need to be an assistant coach first. You know, you got to get your foot in the door. Division one. You got to be an assistant coach. You got to do this. You got to do that." And my mindset was always, you know, what coaching is coaching, right? I mean, the only thing that's going to change is you know, probably the, the level of athleticism uh, that the athlete has. Now, granted, business is going to change. You're dealing with a bigger budget and everything. But um, I, I truly believe that, hey, I did this here. I can do it anywhere. Uh, and, and that's why I took on the position here at A&T. And my athletic director here at A&T, he, uh, he saw he had the foresight to, to think the same way. Uh, hey, you know, you come from this. You had success as an athlete. You had success as a coach. If you can do it at that level, you can do it at this level. And he trusted me with this program. And, and here we are. That reminds me a lot of, I think it was Coach Carter, when they're going to do the, the big game and they, they measure the rim. They're like, okay, it's 10 feet, just like we do yep. in practice. It's like, there it's the same go. thing. Division same three, thing. still a 400 meter track. You don't move to 500 meters. It's the Thank same you. thing. <laughs> yep. Same thing. Thank you. If there's any coaches out there, hey, listen to what Colin is saying here. It's, <laughs> the, it's the same thing. Yeah, you got to roll your sleeves up and, and, and work, but hey. Hey, if you can get it done, you can get it done. That's just how it is.
And so before we get into some, some fan questions, I'm sure, I mean, you've been coaching for, for a long time. I'm sure not everything has gone as smoothly as you'd like, or there've been some learning experiences. Have there ever been any, whether it be workouts or, or maybe, you know, scheduling or just anything that you've learned along the line of track where you're like, oh, well, uh, I, maybe we should do this a little bit differently next time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Every year, <laughs> every year is there's, there's something that trips me up that I say, okay, I need to do a better job with this. Now, one thing I do, uh, one thing I take a lot of pride in is I write every workout that my, uh, my athletes have ever done, I have a record of that. I keep record of every workout. And I make the time after every practice to go back, key in what their times were. You know, these were the target times, key in what they actually ran. Uh, you know, if I changed the workout, what I changed it to, right? And it may seem tedious now, but let me tell you something. Let me tell you where this comes in handy. The next year, right? The next year, when things don't go the right way and you're looking back like, okay, where did I go wrong, right? Just go back, just go back and look and say, okay, what led up to this? What, where did I get off track, All right? And, and that right there is something that I, I just don't change, right? I, I stay with that. So yeah, every year, every year there's a hiccup somewhere. Maybe I should have, you know, run this guy, you know, on this leg. Maybe I didn't rest this guy enough. Um, but one thing I have learned and I treat every moment like that as a, a learning experience, you know, and I tell my team that, you know, we, we don't, perfect example is NCAA championships, you know, that, that was a, that was a tough one, you know, came down to the last event, which is an event that you would think is our bread and butter has been over the last couple of years. And we just didn't have it there. Right. You know, I, I, I was up at 4am that night, you know, like, okay, you know, what happened? How do I fix that before June? All right. So, um, yeah, so just going, you know, going back and, and, and looking at things and saying, okay, this is, these are the corrections we need to make. Every loss is just, we look at it as we're not losing, we're learning. You know, and that's something, that's something as coaches, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, we can all be better. No one knows it all. No one knows it all. Uh, we all have to be lifelong learners. Uh, and I make a point uh, to be that guy. Right. Something didn't go right. Like my son, you know, we we were going for the world record. Right. And and uh, we, we were preparing for that all season long and we were preparing to do it at that competition. Um, and when we didn't get it, you know, he and I sat there and we said, OK, what happened? We can blame it on the track. We know it wasn't as uh, fast of a track as you know some of the others. Right? But we don't use that excuse. So we just sit back and we said, OK, what could we have done wrong? And he's looking at me and I said, well, let me tell you what you did wrong. I told you to come through the first 200 and 20.9 minimum, you know, and if at the top of the turn, if you felt those guys with you, then you're moving too slow, right? Because I felt that for him to come through in 20.9 or faster, that he would have, uh, he would have more room coming off the second turn and he, where it wouldn't be so close. So you know, he, he got caught up in the race and he didn't feel that. And, and we came through in 21 something uh, right off where we needed to be. Right. So we have to learn from that. We're not, so we talked about that and now we know what to do going in the outdoors. Right. So, yeah, I mean, we got to always be ready to, you know, look back and say, OK, what happened? Let me fix it immediately. Right. Don't let it linger. This is what we need to do for the next one. Yeah. In order to get better, you got to look at, OK, what did I do wrong? How can I learn from that and then apply that? To the future because if you don't yeah you're just going to repeat it 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the first the first phase of that is admitting that you could be wrong. <laughs> exactly. That's the hardest <laughs> yeah. part. That's the hardest <laughs> part. That's the hardest part. And sometimes looking at yourself and saying, ah, I messed that up. Right. But I know, you know, sometimes it's so easy to put it on the athlete. Uh, he didn't perform the way he was supposed to perform. You know, no, no. You know, I always look at myself first. Okay, what did I do wrong? Right. Extreme ownership. Right. If that kid didn't perform the right way, then he didn't understand the importance of what we were doing. Or I said something during the week or during the month that really didn't click. So it's always about looking at myself and my coaching staff. And they know this, too. We don't we don't point the finger. Oh, he didn't do this. He didn't do that. No. You know, we didn't explain something the right way. Right. We we uh, we turned left and we should have turned right in a workout something. Now, of course, that's a team. Uh, that's a team environment. And the student athlete you know, has some responsibility as well. But still, it's our job to get that athlete ready and to get him to understand the importance of what he's doing. Exactly, exactly. And uh, so now I've got a few fan questions that people wanted to wanted to ask. And so this is from Biomotor Institute. So other than their actual times, uh, when you're recruiting, what are the qualities that you're looking for in an athlete? Oh, great question. Uh, so, uh, you know, and, and I say that's a great question because we have been in the development business. Um, I mean, that's, that's what we've done. That's what I did at, at Methodist. And that's what I brought uh, here to a and uh, I, I look for those athletes that are athletic, uh, not necessarily times, uh, but it's, it's a range of things I look at. Uh, one, uh, determination, you know, grind. Is that athlete willing to earn, right? Is he, is he willing to earn it, right? You know, uh, there's, a, there's a lot, you know, they want to come in, they want it to happen right away, uh, you know, but uh, one, are they willing to earn it? Two, do they want to be here, right? Nothing's better than when an athlete is where he wants, he or she wants to be. That makes that dynamic so much better. Uh, and then, you know, three, obviously, if they're coordinated and they have athletic ability, uh, whatnot, yeah, I don't recruit, uh, I don't recruit times necessarily. I look at a lot of video, I try to get out and see a lot of races and um, you know, I was at the Adidas indoor championship meet this weekend. Uh, it's been a lot of time out there just, you know, watching athletes and, you know, and, and watching their mannerisms, you know, their attitudes. And um, in particular, there was one athlete uh, that ran the 200 and she didn't win, but she was so aggressive. And when she finished that race and you could tell she wanted so much more, you know, those are the type of athletes, right? I'm like, listen, I can take that all day because she wants to be better. An athlete that wants to be better, no, you you gotta love it. You gotta love it. Yeah, you, if you if you can see that there there's more left in the tank and you can develop that, that's that's gold. That's gold. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'll take that all day, every day. You know, if you you're willing to come in here and earn, right? You know, and 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 work, then yes, right. Then then I go to war with you every day, right? I tell my kids that all day long. I'll go to war with you every day. You're not gonna win every race. Everybody's not gonna be a national champion. But when you come in here and you're working every day to earn, to earn this thing, to earn this championship, I go to war with you every day. It's it's great to have as a as an athlete. Like okay, got someone behind me. Mm -hmm. uh, next question. This comes from MJP TV. He says, "What does it mean to be a black coach leading an HBCU to excellence?" Yeah, um, great question, man. It it means a lot. Uh, it, it it really does, Colin. Um, a lot of a lot of people don't know this. I, I haven't said it a lot. When when I took this when I took this position ten years ago, um, my intent when I when I came to ANT, 
I was going to come in here, you know, build the, the best program I could. And when that door opened for me to, to move on, I was going to move on. Um, and I had a timeline. I came in and I was like, I'm going to give this, you know, five years and, you know, and I'm, I'm going to roll my sleeves up and go to work and then I'm going to move to something else. Um, but in the course of that time, um, I, I learned the importance of what I was doing. Um, and then I started to instill that in our athletes. And, and that importance, what that was, was I realized that what we were doing was more than just winning a championship or attempting to win a championship. When it started to dawn on us that, hey, we could be the first HBCU to win a national championship, right? When I started to realize that we were making the other mid-major schools and the other HBCU schools better, right? That they started attaining, you know, to do more, right? When that dawned on me, that's when I said, okay, we have something so much more special here than, the, than just chasing a wooden trophy. And, and I, I really believe that. And our guys uh, believe that. This, is, this has been more than about just winning that national championship. This has been about changing the status quo. This system that, that we're in in track and field, I love it dearly. I love it dearly. But it's a lot of hypocrisy in this system. The system is not built for everyone as it should be. Track and field, the sport of the Olympics, right? This sport is supposed to be made for everyone, right? For everyone to be able to thrive, to have success, right? And the system is not built for HBCUs to do what we're doing, for mid-majors to do what they're doing, right? So someone had to say that, you know, and someone had to stand up and say, okay, I'm gonna lead the charge, right? We have the resources, more importantly, we have the student athletes that wanna take that responsibility on. So we're gonna lead the charge in getting this done. And that has been the goal, well, not, that has been the goal, right? And that's no disrespect to, to any of, you know, my associates and, and coaches out there, love what they're doing, you know, respect the spirit of, of competition, um, but it's just a fact, right? It's just a fact that uh, mid-majors, HBCUs, you know, they're disregarded, right? It's, they're disregarded, it's, it's all about the big brands, the big budgets, you know, it's the 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 the, uh, the common, right? And you know, that's that's not the coach's fault, you know. I mean, who's not who's who doesn't want to be in that position and whatnot? It's that it's not their fault, but the system that's been created, right? Um, it, it's just it's, it's not right. So um, so yeah, we're going to do everything we can to um, you know, to continue winning and continue opening doors for everyone else around us. This this is not just for us. This is for you know, the, um, the John Carlos is, you know, back in the day, the, um, the George Williams, you know, out at, um, you know, St. All, you know, uh, Dr. Leroy Walker, all of these, you know, black coaches that back in the day wanted to do what we're doing, wanted to have an opportunity to be where we are, but, but was always put in a position where they were held back, right? This is, this is not just about North Carolina a and it's, it's about so much more. Right, and that's and we when we lace up every day, we realize that. Yeah, I, you you hit the nail right on the head there. I mean, there's been so many times and and people that I I know. I mean, a lot of 
even a lot of my friends who are not track and field fans, they're like, oh, North Carolina A&T, like, like they're, they went to HBCUs or they went to North Carolina A&T and it's like, oh, I can get behind that because I see people like me and people that are, you know, that come from similar backgrounds or, or do a similar things. And it's not just the, you know, the major power fives of the world. It's, it's the mm-hmm. little guy. It's the David and Goliath story of this school, yeah. like they shouldn't be here, quote unquote, but they are mm-hmm. and they're doing really well. And I mean, that, that kind of actually brings me to the, this next question, which comes from STP Justin. He says, do you feel that your program has helped break the glass ceiling for HBCUs to potentially, you know, really allow this to be um, a, an, an extremely awesome thing for other HBCUs around the country? Yeah, I, I, I really believe we have. Uh, and, and that's something I'm proud of. Uh, I, I'm proud and I do hear from other coaches uh, around the country, you know, all the time. Uh, about you know what we're doing and, and how it's helping them. So I do believe that we've scratched that ceiling. Have we broken it? Not yet, not yet. But what I would love to see is that uh, not just North Carolina A&T, right? But other institutions, you know, the Bethune Cookmans, you know, the, the Hamptons, the Howards, uh, you know, other institutions, right? Continuing to, you know, progress the way they're progressing. And we all, you know, break through that glass ceiling at the same time. It, it, it really needs to happen, uh, you know, and, and it's not so that A&T can bring a trophy home, but it's to say that, you know, hey, this can be done, right? If the athletes believe it can be done, you put the right athletes in place, you put the right coaches in place, you put the right support staff and environment in place, it can be done anywhere, right? It can be done anywhere. Just, you know, the conversation we had earlier about when I was at Methodist University and making the transition to here, right? It can be done, you know, so getting other athletes and other coaches around the country to think the same thing, I mean, it's, it's, it's huge. Um, so, yeah, I, I take a lot of pride in it. I think we're, we're scratching that glass ceiling, um, and, I, and we're right there. We're right there. Of course, a lot of opposition, which I love. Uh, I, I love the spirit of competition. I mentioned that earlier. I love being in a situation at the NCAA where I'm trying to win, but I'm also happy for an associate of mine who just had a, a great win. His athlete just did something great, even though it may be, you know, you know, against us, you know, holding us back a little bit. You know, that's, that's track and field. That's the you know, spirit of competition, you know, and I, and I love that. So we're, we're going to keep doing what we do and, uh, and, and we're going to get it. You know, I've been speaking this for a while now. Uh, we're going to we're going to do it. Yeah, and and really last year for at least the the greater track and field community, last year was a real big breakout year with, you know, placing third with the team. You had multiple people going to the Olympics for for that team, as well as turning professional after this year, both on the men and the women's side. What what did you take away from last year's success going into this season, seeing, okay, it's not just, you know, me talking about we can do, we can be great. You see the results now and you're starting to see, okay, this is possible because you were really close last year. You're even closer this year. You know, what's it like now going into, okay, we, we can do something here. We're, we're, we're really close. Yeah. I'm going to tell you the, the best and worst feeling uh, was, I mean, it was great last year. The men finished third, women finished fourth. Uh, absolutely great. Seeing the guys celebrate that. I mean, we were excited to get on the podium. We celebrated that getting on the podium, right? Our first time getting on the podium in both programs. The only, the only division one program to come back with two trophies outdoors. We were excited about that. The best and worst feeling was a couple weeks ago in Birmingham. 
when we lost that event, when we lost that, that meet on the last event, right? And they handed us that trophy, right? Seeing those guys tear up, some of those guys were teared up, right? They felt that pain, they wanted it, right? The best and worst feeling, because while I'm looking at them, I, I'm proud of that moment they're in, because just in June, we were celebrating getting on the podium. And now we're here pissed that we're not bringing the championship home. That right there right, meant so much to me because it, 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 it showed me that, hey, these guys believe. And that's, that's, all, we, that's, that's all that matters. They, they felt, we all felt that we had a, a legitimate shot at that. It just didn't go our way. Texas ran a, a great meet. Um, you know, I mean, we got, we got outcoached, we got outperformed. That's, that's the game, right? We'll bounce back and we'll be ready in June. Uh, but the best and worst feeling, you know, my heart went out to them, you know, seeing them, nobody, nobody wanted, they had to call us three times to come get that trophy, right? To take the pictures, uh, you know, and, and doing the award ceremony. We had to round our guys up. No one wanted to go represent that. That's, that's how emotional they were. So big moment for me, man. That was a big moment for them. Like I said, excited to be on the podium in June, right? And here we go in, in March, right? And, and mad that we're second, right? So that was a big turning point for us. Yeah, it's crazy to think if you told your guys last, this time last year, like, hey, by the way, we're going to get second place as a team, but you're all going to be upset about it. Like, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> that doesn't make yeah. no sense. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, man. Yeah. Exciting for us. Exciting. There you go. And and before we talk about, you know, some previews and what you're looking forward to with outdoors, we mentioned it briefly before, but you you have the ability that is very few and far between, especially at the, the top level, you know, the NCAA, you know, division one level to be able to actually coach your son while, while you're racing. And, and not only that, but to have him be, you know, a, a, a very contributing factor on your team. And then, you know, even in the Olympics as well, you know, mm -hmm. what, what's it like being, you know, coaching him Randolph and, and seeing how he's doing and, and taking your legacy and moving it, moving it down the line. Like what, what's that experience like? Oh man, I'm gonna tell you, it's, it's absolutely great. Uh, he, he, you know, I look forward to seeing him every day at practice. You know, um, my daughter's on the team too. I look forward to seeing both of them at practice uh, because I get, you know, I, I get to watch them grow up. You know, that, that is such a blessing where some parents are sending their kids off to college, right? And kids come back after a year and you, you know, like, wow, where's the time gone? Uh, I, I get to, you know, sit and talk with them and participate in something, you know, that they dream big about every day. I mean, it's, it's an, an absolute blessing. Um, I mean, he's, he's just a, a great young man. So watching him grow, we were talking about the LSAT today because he, you know, he wants to go to law school. One of my proudest moments, man, this, this, this kid, we're talking about, everybody's talking about him going pro and, you know, and, you know after he made the Olympic team and not coming back. Uh, I left that choice up to him. I said, hey man, we have to talk about it because it's a reality. What do you think? You know, my son looked at me and said, nothing about my life is going to change, you know, with me chasing money. You know, my goals are, I want to come back, break the collegiate record. I want to do this. I want to go to law school. These are things I want to do. So that'll be there. I mean, come on. I mean, for me, I felt like father of the year. Like I've taught this kid, I've taught this kid that, hey, there's something more important 
than the immediate, you know, gratification of, of, of money, you know, and success and whatnot. So, I mean, it's, it's an absolute joy uh, to coach him, right? I mean, I, I literally have no complaints. Somebody asked me about that the other day. I was like, listen, I have no complaints. He comes to practice, whatever I give him, right? He's like, okay, let's get it done. His problem is he wants to do too much. You know, I have to talk him, I have to talk him off the ledge sometimes. Can I do this? Can I do that? No, you can't do that. This is the plan. Let's stick with the plan. But he, he's a hard worker. Uh, I mean, the kid has over 3.0 in the classroom, uh, finance major. Uh, I mean, he has his goals set. Uh, I mean, he's a, he's a great uh, older brother to his siblings. Uh, I mean, I, I couldn't ask for any more. Yeah, I mean, that, that's got to be great to be able to have, you know, you have your children there that you're, you're coaching along. I mean, it was cool because I was lucky enough that my parents were able to travel to every meet. So they were, they were able to see me at every meet. But it's another thing to be able to you know, see them at each practice. And then you, you see them mm -hmm. at their highest with winning national championships. And then you can see them at their yeah. lowest as well when, you know, it's a tough workout or something just doesn't go their way. Like you're able mm -hmm. to be there in, in all of those moments. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, that, that is I'm set. I, I, I truly am. I am. I am set uh, as a father and a man because, you know, I, I get to help, you know, I get to help him fulfill his dreams. I mean, we spent so much time together at the Olympics. You know, you know, someone asked me what was the best experience uh, about the Olympic Games. And, and I said, hey, you know, the quality time I spent with my son. I mean, we went and had lunch together, dinner together. We walked around, just hung out. Uh, the competition didn't go the way we wanted to. But, you know, we, we spent so much quality time together. You know, he and I just, you know, together in Tokyo. Uh, I mean, it, it, was, it was great. You know, he learned a lot from that experience. That's one of the reasons he was, you know, his head was on a swivel this indoor season. He was not going to be denied. And so now with that, have you ever had any awkward moments where it's like, oh, you know, it's like, oh, that's the, the coach's son. I know it happens a lot more in basketball, obviously, because, you know, you get playing time and, you know, if you're the fastest on the team, you're the fastest on the team. You're going to be you're going to you're going to be going. But have you guys had any, you know, just awkward mo uh, father son moments, you know, whether it be at practice or at meets that, that maybe you could you could think of that that might have been funny or something? No, just uh, more times than not, uh, when we travel, they, they get our names mixed up, um, you know, so we were in a, so we were flying, uh, geez, where was it, uh, flying somewhere, and, uh, you know, I'm sitting, you know, business class, right, he's sitting, you know, in economy, you know, you ain't earned business class yet, right, <laughs> uh, so, uh, but they switched our tickets, Right. Because obviously he's junior and, right? you know, he's yeah. named right after me. So he literally thought he had business class and was not going to mention it to me. Right. You know, and I hadn't really looked at my ticket. But when I looked at it, I realized, like, OK, he has my flight. So I said, let me see how far this goes. Mm -hmm. Right. But he had every intention on taking that seat until I walked <laughs> up to him. It's like, hey, man, uh, let's take a look at that, that ticket you got. Right. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yours. I'm like, yeah, I know it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but other than that, we, we enjoy each other's company. I mean, we play chess. Um, you know, we, you know, we, we, we play, we go golfing together. Um, you know, just, you know, just a, a great relationship, man. You know, love him dearly. 
I'm like, yeah, I was testing you, seeing how long you'd let me have this ticket. I, that's why I was keeping it. Never, never intended on, on actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds just like him. Sounds yeah. just like him. Promise. <laughs> <laughs> and so going into this year for outdoor season, obviously you mentioned you had great outdoor season last year, you know, coming off doing really well. Uh, this indoor season doing doing well is also, even though the team, you know, they, they know they can do better. And, you know, I'm sure you do as well. Now we're going into the outdoor season and it's the, you know, with the big show going on, what is, what are some goals, maybe some tweaks, like just tell, tell us what it's looking like. Like, what are you going to be doing in between, you know, March and June to make sure that they can take home the big trophy this time? Yeah. So we, we've talked about this as a team Uh, and the biggest thing in our women, uh, you know, although they didn't have a good indoor, our women are going to be right up there again, just like last year. Uh, last year, our women didn't have a great indoor, but they snuck up there and got fourth. We're going to be, our women are going to be in a very strong position again this outdoor season. Um, but the, the main thing for me this uh, coming off this indoor season was reminding everyone that's a part of this program, athletes and staff, right, that to win a championship, everyone has to have some skin in the game, right? We're going to do what we do on the track. You know, we don't worry about what everybody else is doing, who's doing what, you know, we the only thing we worry about is what we're doing here in Greensboro, North Carolina, right? So we believe in our system, what we're doing. Uh, so that's gonna take care of itself. These guys are gonna be ready to race. Um, but the message to the rest of the team, the message to the rest of the staff is that we're close, but it takes everyone. You know, it, it takes everyone. Uh, we're here finishing uh, second comes down to the last event we're finishing second you know and I don't have representation in the throws the distance events and my long jumper was there didn't score this guy was fifth last year outdoors it's unacceptable it's unacceptable we talked about our goals as a staff we talked about our goals as a program uh, that's just unacceptable and all of that falls on me stream ownership that's that's that falls on me I have not stressed the importance enough to my staff you know, to have some skin in the game, you know, to, to get this done. And that's all that's, that's all that was needed. Um, you know, a point here, a point there, you know, those add up at NCAA championships. So that was my main, uh, that, that was my main objective coming off of uh, indoors, coming from Birmingham. I mean, I met with my staff the very next, the very next day. It's like this, this is unacceptable. Uh, you know, we, we have student athletes at home watching this on TV that should have been here. I had a 60 meter sprinter that finished fourth last year. It didn't make it this year. You know, that could have been the difference, right? I got another hurdler that should have been there, right? But wasn't there. You know, that could have been the difference, right? Um, you know, long jump, as I mentioned, that could have been the difference. So one thing we've been doing since we've been back from Birmingham, every day, someone on that team is responsible for bringing that trophy out to the track. That trophy is at the track every day. Okay? It's the responsibility of the team and they have taken that upon themselves. I said, the day I come out here and that trophy isn't here, there's gonna be some problems. That trophy is a reminder that everyone needs to be involved, right? So every day, someone will go get that trophy and they'll bring it out, right? And the importance of that is that some, the, the athlete that, that, that gets it, right, is different than the athlete that returns it. And it's, it's an athlete that did not score a point at the NCAA championships. 
right? We, 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 we hold each other accountable. Uh, so that has been priority number one, getting everyone on board. We can't just sit back and watch these guys. And that's human nature. I mean, that's human nature. You know, you know it, it takes, it, you know, it's, people will sit back. If somebody else is doing it, they'll sit back and they'll watch them do, oh, he's got it, right? And we got to understand that, you know, we can't get here by doing that. No one's going to sit back and watch anymore. Everyone has to step up and, and be counted. So that, that is what we're doing. Like I said, what we do on the track, right? We, you know, stay healthy, you know, stay strong, make this transition to outdoors, be ready to run when it's time to run. We're going to do that and whatnot. But the key to bringing that championship home, right, is everyone feeling, you know, feeling, you know, you know, that gut feeling that those guys that came up short in Birmingham feeling that, right? So we're, we're on the right track. Yeah. I mean, you said it, you said it pretty perfectly there. I mean, once you're going for a championship, I mean, there can only be one winner. And so when you're at like everyone at that level is, is, you know, is fast, like, you know, Georgia, everyone's doing the big things, you know, Georgia's doing the big things, you know, you got uh, Kentucky's doing the big things, Texas doing the big things, Arkansas, everyone does the big things. It's like, can we make sure we're doing the little things? Like those are the ones that count. Yeah. Like, you know, it, and it comes down whether you're you're scoring and whether you're winning a national championship or, you know, you're, you're you're keeping your fingers crossed. You can make the team to even go to conferences like you mm -hmm. all you all have a, a part to play in this big thing. if We want to win it all. And you, you got to pl play your role. And, and if you do that, it. it gets where you want to go. That, that is it, man. That, hey, perfectly said perfectly. There you go. Well, we're, we're super excited to see how you end up doing uh, with the, the outdoor championship. Everyone is, is watching. And I, I know a lot of, a lot of my friends are super excited to see how, how you've been doing. It's been great seeing the team going from not, Oh yeah. That's the place that nationals is held to outdoors. Uh, that that's cool to, Oh, that's the team that is going to potentially be winning outdoors. That's even cooler. So yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's been an awesome ride. And, and coach Dwayne, thank you so much for, for joining us here today. It's been great hearing from you talk, talking about your story running as well as coaching. Um, uh, it's, it's been great learning, learning more about uh, the program as a whole. Hey, thank you, Colin. I appreciate you having me man. anytime. Hey, and you're doing, hey, listen, you're doing a, a spectacular job over there, man. Spectacular. Bringing everyone together, man, in track and field. Spectacular job. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Coach. And then thank you to everyone for listening. This has been another episode of Track World News. If you want more content from us, go and follow us over on Instagram at Track World News. We post almost daily. Make sure you leave a like, subscribe, leave a review. That all helps us know that you're enjoying the content over here. That's going to do it from us here with Track World News. Have a good one. Peace. Oh, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man.